and welcome to MiceCast with the hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft. Good evening. Hello. Friggin' late. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and I'm Krabby Bob. Alright, so what, um, what we were talking about? Yeah. We okay, well, uh, we got an email a while back about our revisiting the idea of putting a Disney park in the Midwest. Yeah, in, yes. Specifically where? Well, this particular individual says Colorado, but... Uh, Which is flyover country. Right? <laughs> yes. Well, it, it's, it's flyway <laughs> over because you got to get over those Rocky Mountains. Uh, well, well, when you guys said that before we, you know, what little pre-show we do, I, um, I said that's funny that you mentioned that because um, I'm a member of the Monorail Society, as most of you know, and we have a forum and there's always emails being traded around. And some guy had, somehow something came up about monorail lines for Disney that were never built or uh, things of that matter. And some guy said something about the line between Knott's and Disneyland. And the Monorail Society, the head dude who is monorail, the name he has attached to his email says Monorail Guru. And uh, one of the guys says, um, or he, he put an email saying, wait, I've, ne- I've never, you know, heard of all these things that this one guy keeps saying about uh, Disney all the time having these uh, this monorail line like to Knott's. I've never heard this before. So I responded that, you know, there there was a thought that if they bought Knott's, they would like to connect it by monorail, but then the cost was just going to be too much. So that was kind of dumped. Uh, and then it started... Some other stuff, this this guy answered about, uh, I'm trying to find the email now, that Disney, you know, was had all these parks and that all these parks were going to get monorails. All these, you know, uh, he mentioned one up north. He said one in Colorado. He said, uh, um, the, you know, the Long Beach Park. And he just had this whole kind of list of um, uh, parks that Disney was going to build monorails, and I'm like, whoa, 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 and plus some new one in Anaheim, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, now this is, you know, this is getting ridiculous because, um, you know, I, I just don't think, you know, you're right here. So, you know, I responded. Um, I said, let me see if I can find. One. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, yeah, show <laughs> this is so press. It says, uh, by the way, thanks guys for passing on what you heard about Disney's other monorail plans. Uh, Kim, he's the head of the Monroe Society, kept asking me for info on my statement, and his statement was something about the Knott's uh, Disneyland line, and if uh, no one but me knew anything about those other plans, as it is now Disney, and I recently read, is considering extending the monorail to all the sports facilities in Anaheim. In the 1960s, they had thought about extending it across Catella to include the new Anaheim Convention Center, or whatever it is called now. Uh, under the circumstances, I begin to think that Kim should change his name back to Mr. Ron- Monorail, not keep Monorail Guru as his name. Laugh out loud, la la la, ha 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 ha. Now, um, when, before Richard responds, I'm going to um, uh, I'm going to re- tell you what uh, he finally answered. The same guy wrote back, says uh, it was 
where he found out this information. So he says, it was what was then called the Anaheim Bulletin. Richard may remember this. I don't remember the Anaheim Bulletin. We, we still have it in Anaheim here. The he, he, once a week paper. He says, now owned by the Register and made into a weekly. Yep. I would uh, not know where to look for that article as paper is almost gone and out of business. I delivered the Anaheim Bulletin back then. Uh, study Disney's history and you'll find that they have had several, in quotation, new parks planned that never came about. Uh, in uh, parentheses, one right across the street from Disney's headquarters. Uh, then they had planned for Long Beach, later became part of Disneyland or California Adventure. Then the Colorado and Northern California park plans. Most of these also had monorails planned for them. Go to your library and check out books on Disney history as well as Disney Imagineering history. You'll find the parks and monorails were planned by Disney in a number of locations. So, of course, you know, my my interest is peaked here, right? So I wrote a big response. And uh, if you indulge me, then, Richard, you can jump in and uh, help correct me or, you know, add to what you, uh, uh, what you know about this. Uh, so I wrote, I consider myself somewhat of a Disney history buff, and I'm somewhat surprised at this post. I find I learn new things all the time, so I look forward to a few, uh, look up a few things and see if I miss something, you know, trying to, you know, not sound like a total ass, like, you're, you're, you're wrong. Um, and I put it. But that's what's well, going through your head, though, right? Kind of, yeah. Okay. So I said the new, in quotations, the new park across the street from the Burbank Studios is what became Disneyland in Anaheim realizing the adjacent parcel was not large enough for what Walt was envisioning. If there was another, I'm unaware. Known monorail at this park, just a locomotive. Now, Richard, you, you can remind me, wasn't Disney, though, going to build, back when I was still working there, some kind of, like, play or fun zone or little park, you know, somewhere in, like, North Los Angeles? Some little, like, fun zone. Maybe it was one of those uh, Disney Quest things. Uh, I it might have been a Disney Quest thing, and I seem to recall way back when there was talk about putting something adjacent to an area called Travel Town, which is up in Griffith Park, which is the big, huge uh, park in in the middle of Los Angeles, similar to Central Park. But Disney was. Oh, well, I, you know, I understand the analogy, but don't even go there because it's nothing near to what Central Park is. Well, I'm just saying it's a big park, and it's in the middle of the city. Because Huntington actually has a central park, and it's no, it's pretty large, but it's nowhere as big as. I, w- I wouldn't say Griffith Park's in the middle of the city. Well, what's the city? The I mean, it's in the county, maybe. I mean, it's a you got, it's a you weird city. You got San Fernando Valley and all those cities on the north side. You have Los Angeles. C- cities, cities. They're their own cities. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, so regardless, we digress. Um, I heard heard something that Disney was talking about building, like, a little fun zone that was going to be part of Travel Town over there in Griffith Park. Yeah, nothing really came up with that. It died out somewhere in the bottom. Yeah, it it was just kind of like one of those, let's throw it and see if it sticks on the wall. Let's float it, yeah. Okay, so to continue, I said, Port Disney at Long Beach got nixed, and some ideas were used to create Tokyo Disney Seas in Japan. Um, again, no monorail plans that I can find, and I worked for Disney at this time period. Now, you know, I'm reaching there a little bit, but I couldn't remember any monorail plans down there. What became Disney's California Adventure was intended to be Westcott, a West Coast version of Walt Disney World's Epcot Center on steroids. Uh, no new monorail. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think rare. I don't think it'll be on steroids. Oh. <laughs> I guess you didn't. Unless, unless you talk about the shrinkage part of steroids. No, I guess you guys didn't <laughs> listen to my show about Westcott. But 
quite frankly, I think it would have blown the present Epcot away. But you know, so no, I agree with you on that. I agree that Westcott was an awesome plan. Okay, no new monorail was intended, but a modified route was planned for one version of the park when Disney dropped the planned larger West Coast version of Epcot space uh, Epcot Center spaceship Earth. They also dropped a plan to route around it. And did you guys know, by the way, since you didn't listen to the show, you may not have known that the the, the geodesic, geodesic uh, ball or whatever it was going to be called, I'm not sure what it was going to be here. I don't know if it's going to be this. The, the, I don't have details of what it's going to be inside. Was going to be larger than the Disney World one? No, I, I did not that. know that. It's going to be. I, it was going to be, as my kids said once when they were small, when they saw the big pumpkin at the pumpkin patch, huge. Uh, yeah, I heard that, and, and my question I had oh always God. been from day one, what are we going to just put the whole park inside the ball? Because that has a huge... Yeah, and that came from Tony Baxter when he was doing a uh, talk for one of the, uh, uh, the NFFC, uh, NFFC uh, talks, and after the locals who you know, kept getting previews, you know, ding, ding, come to our meeting, we'll show you what we're doing, and I guess the public said, oh, you know, we don't want to see this, blah, 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 so they ended up changing, there was another version of the park, you had a big sphere, or um, uh, spire, spire, uh, that replaced the big ball, but anyways, so moving on, yeah, there were, there were also supposed to add people movers to move guests up to the parking structures, which never panned out. Uh, the only Northern California park I've ever heard of was Mineral King, which was in part abandoned because opposition to the project by groups like the Sierra Club. No monorails planned here either that I can find or ever remember reading about. I do have a quote from Jim Hill, not my favorite source by any means, but for this post it will have to do. Uh, Guests arriving for a fun weekend at Disney-designed version of Mineral King would first be directed to park their autos inside the resort's heated subterranean parking garage. After unpacking their cars and checking in at the reception center, guests would have been directed to the resort's electrically powered cog railway. This environmentally friendly system would have quickly and quietly moved vacationers a mile and a quarter from the valley floor of the Mineral King's main village, providing a breathtaking view of the wilderness in the process. Now here comes the part... uh, I was about to say I remember hearing something about parking down below and going up, but you explained it right there. I, Thank you. I do remember a railway going up there. Yeah. I'm not familiar with a park planned in Colorado, but I do know Disney owns or did own an executive retreat there. Not, I don't know if they still own that. Do you know, Richard? I have no idea. Did you even know I, they did own one? Disney owns property all around. I, I know that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I only knew about it. I think it was in Disney Wars. They talked about going out to this place. Uh, and I'm like, really? Okay, that's nice. All right. Disney's American Virginia took a lot of heat in the press, and the project was eventually canceled. I can't find any monorails planned for this park either. Disney considered transforming Knott's Berry Farm into Disney's America when Knott's fi- the Knott family announced the property was going up for sale. One story... Can I throw something in there real fast? As soon as I finish the paragraph, it's not very long. Uh, One story has it that Disney decided, or decided a monorail would be too expensive to connect knots at Disneyland and the bus transportation would be unfeasible and drop the proposed purchase or bid to purchase. The other story has it that the Knott family was worried Disney would make too many changes to their uh, park uh, their father built. Many of the Disney's American plans 
or many of Disney's America's planned attractions were rethemed for Disney's California Adventure. Okay, Richard, jump in. Okay, uh, I remember talk. It was just talk. There was never not. I mean, I, I'm sure there wasn't any plans. Um, when they were talking about Disney's America going in Virginia, somebody complained that well, they're going to put a monorail, they're going to do this and that, all that. And I remember, I'm not trying to remember who it was that was making the comment. I don't think it was John Hanch. I think it was, um, anyways, uh, they're saying, no, that wouldn't do at all because it completely is contrary to the theme of the park. Uh, they were thinking that if they did need some sort of transportation from, quote, parking to the front entrance to the gate, they would just use a steam train, which they had plenty of experience with and would fit the theme of the park. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too, because they did have, uh, some of the maps I saw, just a line that represented some kind of transportation but wasn't really uh, planned or, or uh, described, but like you said, uh, a monorail would have been a contradiction in what they were doing. Yeah, because the whole theme of the park was to be early uh, America, colonial, early, era, uh, early America, you know, colonial and uh, pre-Civil War, going up to the uh, the first century of America. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so moving on. Uh, Tokyo Disneyland opened in 1983, yet it did not get a monorail until 2001. I think it mainly has to do with transportation laws, regulations, and taxes. Right. The same reasons Tokyo Disneyland Railroad is a round trip with only one station. Michael Brogy's book has more info about that issue. He wrote a little chapter about that. Paris Disneyland does not have a monorail, and to the best of my knowledge, has no plans for one. Uh, years ago at the Orange County Fair, you may remember this, Richard, because I think you saw it too, one of the pavilions had a display for a planned monorail that linked John Wayne Airport to Anaheim and probably other areas I no longer remember. Yes, I, I do remember that. Thank you. I think some people tend to link monorails with Disney in the States, and if one is planned near a Disney location, it is assumed Disney has something to do with it. While I was working in Disney Security, 88 to 97, there were rumors about a maglev from Miami to Orlando. If memory serves me at the moment, it was a Japanese company willing to build a German maglev, something about shielding issues with the magnets with the Japanese version at the time. I may have all the details mixed up, but the point is that Disney's name was dropped a lot in connection with it. The company denied it. Eventually, the rumor ended because we heard, air quoting, and uh, air quoting again, right-of-way issues. Every city supposedly wanted to stop along the way, which defeated the idea of a high-speed train. And funny enough, um, I think it was Brian Suits on KFI this afternoon, I was running, or tonight I was running over to Max to get the kid to the ice cream. And they were talking to some guy about high-speed rail, this one that they want to build out to uh, to Vegas and up north and all that. The guy was spec- uh, speculating that based on our, let's say, uh, uh, moving history of land here, where we're always kind of in motion with some kind of earthquake, and due to the regulations that will be put on a train and because of land movement, that it will rarely, if ever, make it up to its peak speed because it will constantly be having to make adjustments for all the overblown safety that will be attached to the project. And then he was talking about how they, they, you know, to get the taxpayers to agree, they say, oh, this is a $20 billion project, but it'll probably, you know, in reality, after they've lied to the public and you vote on it, when it gets built 30 years later, it'll cost, you know, $100 billion way over budget, and 
the unions are so entrenched and screwed up the state that you know all their earmarks are put in it and blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know I, the whole Earth Movement idea with the monorail, I don't buy. Not, no, no, not not monorail, steel train. Because the the high speed train is. I, I don't buy that either. I don't know. Because here's the reason why. Is okay, okay scientist Richard, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, there are too many ways that you can isolate the track from that type of movement. I mean, we've, we're learning more on how to do that every day. And second of all, the Japanese do it, and the they're, entire they're just as earthquake prone as we are. Seismic volcanic zone. You know that that was in the earthquakes than we ever had over here. That was in the back of my mind when the guy was saying it. But again, I'm not proclaiming to know that much about it. But I just heard this guy talking about it. But you remember that again, Japanese. The, Japanese island may be far more active than us, but they don't have the same kind of bullshit OSHA and all the <laughs> that's other the, regulations. Oh, that's the bureaucracy that, that drags it down, not the... <laughs> they, 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 have, they have to be good bureaucratic bullshit over there, too. I, yeah, but, but the, fact, nearly, the fact is, even with when they had that uh, earthquake in Kyoto, as devastating as it was, I think the uh, bullet train was only down for a couple hours, and they were right back in service because there was no, no damage to their well, track. That, that's kind of his point. It'll be up and down, up and down, up and down. That'll it'll rarely get to do its thing. But anyways, uh, that's a whole nother topic that none of us really have enough information yeah. or knowledge about to talk. The, the only monorail I really remember, besides the one that you're talking about, yeah, the Orange County Transportation Authority here in California was and they're still talking about it. I think we'll probably end up seeing it at this next uh, Orange County Fair again uh, about putting the uh, train from the quote-unquote resort district where Disneyland is in the middle of it uh, down to the uh, John Wayne Airport. But the only other train I remember was, uh, and still it, it keeps getting thrown out now and then, is a monorail that goes from basically where Disneyland and the Anaheim Convention Center is up to where the Anaheim Stadium is about just just a smidgen over well, one and a half miles. That's, that's, that's all part of this. Because um, previously when he said Disneyland was wanted to do one, um, I said, do you mean Arctic? Because Anaheim has their own transportation plan that includes, well, I can't say it's considering monorail as one of its um, means of transportation in a larger package of a transit district in the resort area, but that's the Arctic plan. A R. Well, A-R-C-T-I-C. Yeah, yeah. So well, I, I attached that that link to that site for it. So well, let, let me let me just finish okay, this and then finish that. Um, uh, let's see. So I need to pull out all my old Disney news and Imagineering uh, books to see if I missed something concerning the monorails uh, I've mentioned already. The one planned and never built system I have seen plans and models for was a Disney shopping village at Lake Buena Vista, now downtown Disney line. Excuse me. I think it was planned to connect the Epcot Center, sharing its station much like Epcot and the Magic Kingdom lines do now to ticket and transportation system. Um, then I said, you know, if I truly missed the proposed monorail system that Disney had that you know of, uh, let me know. And then it, it generated a few responses. Um, oh, one, by the way, from a guy here in Fountain Valley, uh, PRT Strategies, he responded, says, Greg, I thought this was a great post and appreciated the insights in Disney. My Orange County firm has been marketing a personal rapid transit solution for Anaheim for years. 
uh, but we've been more than unsuccessful in trying to get Disney's attention to the technology, uh, which was portrayed in three scenes in The Incredibles. (laughs) You probably... Oh, I I remember those. Okay. You'll probably appreciate that Disney won't have much to do with small companies like us. We've actually had marketing material returned to us by their lawyers. And I suspect at least part of the overall issue with public transportation to from Disney Parks was the liability they had assumed the moment the venture went off their property. I've been told that Anaheim Operations would covet the ability to get a real, putting quotations, airport, not a small regional one like John Wayne, that could better tap into the eastern market. L.A. Ontario would be perfect for them as it supports wide bodies and isn't nearly as congested as the aged LAX. But I've always suspected that the reason the monorail was never extended to an airport off Disneyland property was one, they didn't want to get in the public transportation arena and it's a slip and fall issue in their deep pockets. And two, they basically feel like gov- it's government's job to support their business with surrounding infrastructure, roads, additional parking, public safety, zoning support, protection from low cost housing developments, SOAR, etc. <laughs> Any any thoughts, blah, 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 blah. Well, you really get things slow sometimes. Uh, now, I sent the guy an email because he had a Skype uh, name down here also. I said, you know, I do a couple uh, podcasts, and we might like you to be on it. Since he's local and has had some issues with Disney, I thought he might want to come on. So he hasn't answered me back yet. Uh, then another guy wrote on this subtopic, because remember, this is the Monorail Society's uh, stuff. Um I knew some people who were, quote-unquote, unquote, exploring a winter wonderland type of Disney park in central Massachusetts, where they own a huge parcel on the backside of a mountain. The front is state park land and ski area. They were still adding acreage, buying up more whenever they could. My knowledge is directly from my clients living nearby who were one of the undisclosed buyers, I guess not anymore, uh, contract agents for Disney as recent as 1993. My own grandfather was involved in another group exploring a similar idea on a nearby mountain in the late 1970s. It may have been a Disney or other theme park uh, exploration group. And he said about Disney invested a lot of real estate. And I answered, yeah, it's true. They own land all over the place. they got the huge land development wing. And you never know, they might actually be looking to expand their uh, DVC properties. And, well, they are, yeah. and then I had the answer because... It, then something else caught me in that, that last one about a real airport. And I said, you know, I'm not sure about the eastern market idea. One of the main reasons Walt Disney World was built was to tap into the market east of the Rockies. But then again, that was Walt's time and things change. Uh, Disneyland's not the same kind of resort as Walt Disney World. If Disneyland kept selling annual passes at the rate they do now, we may easily hit one million in a few years. Uh, the sooner uh, than that, the 800,000 currently keeps the lines long and the park's crowded. At least that's what the pundits say. Yeah, um, I've been told we've crossed the 900 mark. You, you know what contributes to keeping the park crowded is you know slow capacity, reduced capacity on attractions. Well, how about shutting large capacity attractions and all that? But let's finish this. A good airport would definitely help, though. Disneyland still enjoys a large Asian vacationing public, even though they have two parks in Asia and talks are in progress for a third. 
West Coast air travel, including Canada, is quite high. Most of my friends from Canada, Northern California, and other neighboring states enjoy John John Wayne because of the ease to get in and out. The only bummer, of course, is the restricted flight times. Uh, I like red eye, so I have to go to LAX when I go to Walt Disney World. So anyways, what caught me funny was you guys mentioning a uh, Colorado park, and this one guy had thrown out that he had heard Disney had proposed uh, Colorado Park at one time. Now, I thought I'd heard a Midwest park like uh, Texas or something like that. But again, you know, who knows what is thrown against the wall inside the, you know, the walls of WDI that have not stuck or, you know, were floated at one time. But, uh, you know, I, I just the, the timing of, of those questions seemed to be perfect for this little line of chit-chat that went on today. Well, you mean the chit, because we haven't had a chance to chat because you've been chitting. Well, no, but the, <laughs> the chit-chat on uh, Monorail Society. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what were you going to say, Mike, you, you and I, I stopped you for a second so I can just finish up. You were, or, or the how, what contributes to the park? Well, what, what, yeah. what contributes to the, the appearance of crowdedness? I mean, for example, today I was at California Adventure. And they managed to keep the line for screaming 25 minutes long because they were only loading on one side of the platform with two or maybe three trains on the track. I don't want to say it's off-season because it's certainly not, but it's not necessarily high season. Okay, when California Adventure is open until 7 p.m., <laughs> okay. That's, 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 that that's be off-season, so they're, they're no, normal, <laughs> normal cast members, right? They're only loading. No, no, seven, seven is, is in between. Off-season is six, on-season is eight, or ten, right? Ten, ten, yeah. Okay, so Disney Night was open till eleven, DCA open till seven. Don't you remember the days when only one side of the Matterhorn would be open? Yes. Uh, I'm sure they still do that. Let, let me throw in an idea. They might be doing some PM on the other, on the, uh, other uh, trains, so in that case, over at Screaming. Uh, they might not have enough tra- trains to create a need for opening the other side. Okay, well, this is... Since, since October, it's my third trip in there, and it's three, I'm three for three with only one side running. Yeah. You know, I, there, there's all, you know, we could do a whole show again on what contributes to, to longer lines. It's not just, you know, the 800 APs, because obviously they don't all come at once. It's spread out, and even the way that they're designed, they're designed to keep some people away. You know, there are those few days where every got, you know, yeah. AP could come if they wanted to, but, you know, uh, I, I'd like to actually see the figures broke down to um, how, how many of each are, level. Well, how many are actually in Orange County? How many are in LA? How many are in Oregon, Nevada? You know, that obviously aren't using it on a weekly basis because that's the real important data to me. Who who uses it because they come four times a year from Nevada versus somebody like us who might use it once a week, twice a week, uh, whatever it is, that's far more of an impact. But if, you know, if our number, let's say that, let's say Richard's 900 is right, and there's 100,000 that are local, but the rest of the 700,000, let's say, is spread out between all the western states, a few guys in the east coast that come out here a lot, you know, that's not as bad as it sounds. I like your math. That you, math. you know, the, you know. <laughs> hey, I was never paid to be a good man. <laughs> well, again, this is a dude drawing freaking draw diagrams with load bearings yeah, and shit on there. The diagrams, the engineers keep them safe. They do the math for 
Uh, so, oh, crap. Uh, All right, so what, what? Okay, so the whole tie into <laughs> to Midwest Park Flyover Country was the mention of a potential for a place in Colorado on a monorail forum. Yeah, well, the is that, is that, was, <laughs> yeah, this guy says monorails were planned for almost every park, and then I went through all the parks that I had knowledge of, and there was never a monorail plan for any of them. Um, well, it sounds like somebody we know just kind of throwing shit out there, hoping that no one stomps on them. <laughs> Who would that be? I don't know. Who is that? Uh, you know, okay. I met, I met, no, I wait, we talked about it a little bit ahead of time. I met with a guy in the park this last weekend who I met it. Uh, he's a listener of my cast manager in my way, all that. Um, he's got issues with my interview with the Monorail Society president, uh, having to do with monorails as a means of public transportation, anyways. He's electric, uh, you know, electrical engineer. I think he's got a PhD. He's got pretty. Pretty brainiac, pretty smart guy, and um, he's right now in a, his a startup company. He used to work for TI, was making you know huge bucks, but kind of went on his own. And he's making chips for projectors that will go on cell phones. And he was showing me a couple demos. You know, there's only like one or two in the world or something like that. And we were in sitting in a restaurant in Disneyland, you know, putting a piece of paper on the wall doing these projections. One was laser, one was LCD. I think and he was explaining to me all the reasons plasma's dead. Richard was wrong on progressive versus interlaced and going up and down what, you know, our discussion about was wrong on progressive versus interlaced. You would, the way you presented it was everything was wrong. He was saying, and you know, that plasma was like that plasma's weird owl song. All you know is wrong. <laughs> but, Wait, you know, plasma's not maybe, dead. If you, have, if you have a copy of that song, that would be a good one to close. All, the all you know is wrong. You know, we all know you mean well, but, uh, you know, but I'm right. Progressive and interlaced. Uh, we, you know, we need to get this guy on the show, but anyways, um, now that we got, I went on that little side tangent, I forgot why I was mentioning, um, I met him in the, met up with him in the park. Uh, he was in town to have a meeting with, um, a company to show them the technology. And it's, it's interesting. He, he talked about things that this projector maybe could be used for in the, in the future. Applications I would have never thought of. And that's why he has a startup company and I'm looking for a job. <laughs> because he's a brainiac and has those uh, great kind of ideas. And he had demoed it uh, for me at uh, D23, and he had a uh, better uh, resolution one this time around. And I, I was going to say, it's pretty impressive uh, what what he's got going. Um, but anyways. Well, well back, so, to, back to the, uh, you know, you... you no, no, I, I was no. going to go back to the, you know, I made the comment that sounds like somebody we know, right? And Greg, you oh, go, you maybe, go. Maybe yeah. that was it because, yeah. The, yeah. All right. So, well, I, you know, I, I was in a, uh, how should we say, a, a, a fairly large gathering of people in an auditorium and the guy out there talking, talks about, okay, you know, every family has a psycho. Okay. Yeah, right. true. Every family has a psycho. Now, if you have a psycho in your family, raise your hand, right? So everyone starts murmuring and they raise their hands and stuff. And he goes, okay, all of you who didn't raise your hand, I have news for you. <laughs> You're the psycho. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. you were going to say you were at that house of ill computers on the way you were stumbling around. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking too. Trying hey, speaking, to- speaking of houses of ill repute, have you heard Clayton's out of Vegas? No, what? They're going to make it legal in Vegas now? No, 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 no. There's a, there's a place they said an hour north of Vegas, so I have no idea what, what's even an hour north of Vegas. Um, but 
I guess the first madam is deciding to um, have the opposite sex in there now. What, dudes? Dudes, yeah. <laughs> I guess this is the first one known, I guess, that has dudes. <laughs> you know, could you imagine? Could you imagine having the duty? It's so well, Bill Handel was kind of joking. I think it was Bill Handel was joking about it with his morning guys going. Uh, you know, wouldn't that be kind of cool having all these hot chicks come in and they're like, no, I don't think that's what's coming in. It's the ladies who have them. You know, a single hot chick amongst them. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe they're relying. Just like the uh, hot chicks at the, uh, you know, all the uh, salesmen, the you know, 50, 60, 70 year old salesmen that come in for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta say, yeah. I, I, HBO has that show, Cat House, and I've flipped by and it. Not a single one of those girls looks good. Exactly. I'm going to song. What the hell is this? You know? Oh, yeah, you're right. They're all skanks. <laughs> <laughs> and the dudes who are, who are uh, their patrons. Oh, that's a sad, <laughs> sad freaking, <laughs> The reddest necks and the. That is the saddest sack of the universe. Crazy. They just, they, they're just made for each other. They, they are, aren't they? They are made. I mean, they're doing some of the, I've seen that show. They're doing some of the stupidest things. Well, okay. <laughs> they walked in the front door. I guess that was stupid. Well, I, I, uh, when we were talking about the uh, little uh, dis- labor dispute, we were talking about unions on the whole thing. Reminded me of an old process, uh, cat house joke where a guy's going to a cat house. He's in, in a convention and he goes in there. First thing he goes up to the madam, madam, is this a uh, uh, union house? Well, I, no, it's not. Well, I can't go in here then. He goes to the next one. Is this a union house? No, no, it's not. Well, I'm not going to enter into here. Finally comes up to a house and says, madam, you run a union house. Why? Yes, I do. Ah, excellent. A good union man, he goes into the house and he grabs a drink at the bar and he takes a look at the girls and this cute blonde and attractive redhead. And he goes, Well, I think that blonde might do good. No, can't have her. Well, what about the redhead? No, can't have her. Well, who's available? And Madam points to this 80 year old woman, Miss and I, no teeth, sitting over in the corner. <laughs> Ethel, there, she has seniority. <laughs> Yep, that's that's the way it all works in a union. Oh, scary stuff. <laughs> so hey, this is kind of cool. Where is this at? Oh, Tokyo Disneyland. Scenes from up found in jungles of Adventureland at night. <laughs> now that's that's an interesting ad. So should we actually go back to the question of oh the Midwest? Could, could the United States or let's, let's say the United the uh, North American continent? We'll just open it up to Canada and Mexico. Could we handle another park reason? I I, I want to say no based on principle. <laughs> what awesome. principle is that? Well, so we freaking need another one. I mean, it, let's say if we want to keep it kind of a purist kind of idea, right? As pure as it can be. Um, You've got one in the east, you've got one in the west. They work pretty well because of the climate they're in. Relatively, you know, can be pretty much operated 24-7 if they want it to be, right? They're, they're, they operate all year round, unlike some Magic Mountains or Cedar Fairs that close in the winter. 
Uh, now, granted, Paris and Tokyo operate in the winter. I don't know what it does to some of their attractions. Maybe there are some that cannot operate in the winter. But uh, And I would love to see a Disney park. I've seen pictures of Tokyo Disneyland in the snow. I just think it looks awesome. I'd love to see it in the snow. But and to Paris, you, too. I've seen yeah, Paris. Is, is it really comfortable to walk around and ride a you know, let's say an outdoor roller coaster in 20-degree weather with, you know, maybe a little bit of snow flying off the front of that car, you know, hitting you in the face. Well, okay. First, they wouldn't have the snow still in the car. That would be cleaned off. But sure. riding on a roller coaster outside in 20-degree weather would probably be a little chilly. No, funny enough, I, get, I run a Flickr or turned over my monorail Flickr group to the Monorail Society and we kind of co-run it. There was a picture of a Russian monorail and... The first train out of the day basically kind of, you know, gets the snow off of the, the beam. It makes it an awesome picture. You know, it's just throwing oh. snow everywhere. There, you see kind of people kind of walking below. See this, like, cloud of <laughs> snow going out. Very but cool. I, I, I throw the question. Uh, Jesus, Richard, you got to do something about your bandwidth. Richard, are you, are you uh, wireless? Wireless tonight because I could not get the cable out. Okay. You have problems with your cable again? <laughs> um, you really, you know, you just need to drop a cable out there and it will always be there. Yeah, I tried to do that once. Didn't, uh, couldn't get through. And Mike, we need, to go, we need to get him some professional help. When can we both go over there and help this? I don't know. <laughs> but that is, it's impacting the show. I think we need to uh, take charge. Uh, inter- do internet uh, intervention. God, it's, it's annoying. But anyways, uh, what were you saying again as you were... So it sounded like two. <laughs> well, here, let me turn this off again. Well, that would help uh, stop running other... <laughs> okay, so you were saying about the snow or operating the park in the winter. How many uh, outside roller coasters do you know of over at Tokyo Disneyland? Uh, at Tokyo... Do they have a big thunder? There's big thunder. They have a big thunder, and you also have um, um, Splash, which operates somewhat outside, partly outside. Other than that, um, but you still... Would you really ride Splash in the wintertime <laughs> where there's snow on the ground? I can picture, well, I can picture some people. Well, it's, the water might be heated. I sincerely I, doubt it. Here's my... Yeah, you have Utopia's outside. Um, you know, so there are outdoor things. And not everything. You have to walk from one place to another for one thing. I mean, yeah, but their whole Main Street is covered. It's just, just, just Main Street. Just Main Street, though. The rest, in fact, I'm going to have, and I'm going to pimp my other show for a minute, um, which may have an iTunes app very soon. Imaginary My Way. I did an interview with uh, Jeff Mitchell. He's, you know, a former sponsor, also an artist. He just, you know, he went to the summer. He went to the Tokyo Resort, and you know, he he. We spent probably an hour, excuse me, an hour in Tokyo Disneyland, maybe about an hour on Disney Seas. But you got, you know, most of it's outside, dude. I mean, you got to walk from one place to another. The only yeah. the, the, the they don't call it Main Street, but it's the World World Bazaar is under glass. So, but I do remember reading somewhere, and Greg, you, I know you will correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm sure I will. A lot of the primary sidewalks are heated. Well, yeah. I, know, I know you can do that, and in a lot of cities they do do that. I have no idea if they did that over there. So they, they already melt the snow off the main, the primary pathways. Oh, okay, I, that's fine. But it's still freaking cold outside. You know? 
hey, if you're out there, you're used to it. You're just going to have to deal with it. Well, it could you know, it's part of the charm of the park. And it, it very way, very very well might be. Which I, I'm not necessarily doubting that necessarily. It's just. Um, you know, I just pulled up a map of Tokyo Disneyland. Forget the uh, Disney Seas for a moment. And, yeah, you've got Big Thunders outside. You've got um, Splash, of course. You've got Utopias outside. Um, you got to walk from one place to another. He, you know, he described how large their hub is. He said just ginormous. You can't... Um, you can't look at a map and get a sense of how large their hub is. In fact, they've got a, you know, they used to have an omnibus that just went around the hub. Their hub is huge. Yeah, that's what I, I remember when I uh, came across some videos of opening Tokyo and they had an orchestra in front of the castle and they had like a thousand or a couple thousand people watching. That's just the top part of the hub. The whole bottom half was empty because it just... Was uh, it just swallowed everybody up. You got Dumbo, you got uh, rocket jets. These are all, you know, outside things to do. Um, the rivers of America, you know, will, will you manage to get on the Mark Twain in that kind of weather? Uh, same with uh, Jungle Cruise. I mean, these are these are things could, that could be very well be uncomfortable. So I'm just kind of curious what operates and what doesn't. And uh, hold on one second, okay? Just keep chit chat for a second. Uh oh, getting interrupted. Oh, he- us to talk. Well, I think he, I think he's getting interrupted, and that means oh, you know, he'll, he'll be he'll be a little in pissy. A really bad pissy mood using lots of language, <laughs> type of language that people tune in just to hear from us. Or actually, yeah. is that what it is? I was going to say going my, back my to dog wanted out of the studio and was whining, so I did all. I didn't hear him. Oh, I could. Well, no, that's that's fine. Rather I just, than him being uncomfortable and, like, and peeing on the floor, dog. It could be that. It just might be thirsty, you know. But uh, it's louder than the dog. We actually, hear the do you? There is no crickets. Uh, not, not right now, but when, when, the, when the cricket's there, we hear the cricket, but we never heard the dog. Well, he's usually good, but he was whining, so I wouldn't let him in. Uh, and yes, people do tune in for me, you know, so screw you. <laughs> if, if Mike is my um, Ed McMahon, who are you? Uh, don't don't even start with that crap. Greg. You're not Doc Severson. You know, Doc, you know, no Doc Severinsen. Yeah, uh, so, so let's look at... What uh, <laughs> she wrote Disney in on it, nice. Disney Seas first. <laughs> uh, most everything at Disney Seas looks like it's inside. There are some outside boats to ride, uh, some things like that. But, look, but you know, again, a big park. you got to walk places all open. I, now, I haven't seen any winter pictures of Disney Seas yet. Uh, so I, that, that one, I don't know. So, I mean, that's my only if issue, if you will, would be the, um, you know, dealing with the winter. Okay. The Europeans, it sounds like with uh, Paris Disneyland, don't seem to give a crap. And the Asians or the Japanese may not give a crap. Does it snow in Hong Kong? I really have no clue. Uh, you know what? I think, I don't know, I'm a collider. I don't know. I just, never, I just never really thought about it. I really never thought about snow in Tokyo until I saw pictures of it. Oh, I, put this I never thought of snow in uh, San Antonio, Texas at basic training until it happened to me. So, You got snowed on? Yeah. yeah the, almost, uh, the day before, I was supposed to leave, and you know they said if it gets too bad, you won't be leaving. I'm like, crap, I'm going out of here. Uh, 
I'd say Hong Kong is farther south than uh, L.A. Actually, Hong Kong is almost at the same uh, line of latitude as Hawaii. It's pretty far down there. I just just no clue. So uh, I'm looking at a very sketchy map of Paris Disneyland. Regardless... Regardless, give us, give us your regardless. I'm just curious, Richard. I was going to say, you know, with any of those type of things, you're going to be able to overcome. I mean, it snows. Uh, you can survive the weather. It's not going to be. It's not then be why, that then why do some of the domestic parks here close during the winter? Some of them do. I'm, I'm asking you why. What I'm, because obviously they don't get enough business for them. Because because of winter. Because kind of, my whole point, you know? <laughs> of winter. You're missing my point, though, Greg. I- I'm waiting for it. Regardless of any of that, any of that can be overcome if it's worth the uh, the uh, building such a place. I mean, you, just put it any place. I mean, heck, if you want to put it on the middle of... Uh, uh, Houston, Texas, or if you want to put it up in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, could a third Disney resort work within the North American continent? Just out of curiosity, why did you pick Minnesota? Because I was trying to figure out a place that's going to have nasty cold. Could you imagine Fargo, the, the, Fargo, the accents okay, let me, helping you in Minnesota? Let, let, let me go to Fargo, North Dakota then. Oh, Fargo's even better. <laughs> Canada, and we'll have some great A's, and uh, I can't even do that accent. What? Don't you know that one? Yeah. <laughs> go even further north. Go up into Calgary. Good. I mean, you, have, you also have to have a local, popula- local population that can help support it in its off-seasonal times. That's one thing that we've talked about that makes Disneyland such a viable place is the locals that can support it in the off-tourist seasons. Okay. So, Fargo, how many locals are going to be pouring into that park in the middle of the winter? Because they're the only ones that know how to brave the winter up there. Right. I'm just picking out two of them. No, I, I, I got you what you're saying. But don't you think part of it... Then build it in friggin' Houston. Could... It snows... Let's see, is Houston the north? Or, no, Dallas snows. Uh, Houston probably it would not snow. Then, then you just got the freaking heat that's worse than Florida. I'm with I'm with Greg. I I, I don't think there's. Uh... I think what you, yeah I think part of it is you need to find the local gentry that will uh, help support it in the off tourist season. So where where would that be in the middle? Uh, okay, now now you're getting, now you're getting the answers I was looking for because you've been. You've been so hung up on snow and weather. Well, because uh, you know, I, you Colorado, know, I'm to get into it. You got two parks in Asia, and the third one getting talked about building. But you got a one and a half billion people that live there, and you have people that tend not to go that terribly far. Here in North America, you know, traveling across the country is not that terribly difficult if somebody wants to do it here. And uh, anywhere okay. around, I think you argued in a circle there. You're, do you know how many people live in Southern California? And Southern California is classified as, you know, Ventura County. Uh, it's basically below Bakersfield. Yes. Right. Uh, I'm going to get venture about 15 to 18 million. Yeah, okay. You know, and, and I was going to say 20. 
And, and you know how many people live in California total? 30. Good. All right. So Disneyland has 20 million people within two-hour drive, right? Right. Okay. Nowhere else outside of, you know, the northeast of, say, New York, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, are you going right. to find a similar location where you have 20 million people with a two-hour drive of a Disney park? So we build one there. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the Massachusetts area. I'm going to see if I can find it again. Um, when I was looking something up for Disney's America, I don't know if it's Mouse Planet, but someone had made a post about uh, Disney's America in, near Philadelphia. And I, I had not, um, I, I don't know, I've never heard of a Disney's America or a park and Philadelphia. I've always heard it as Virginia, not Philly. And not certainly not Massachusetts either, but yeah, I've heard of it I've heard it as Virginia as well. Um, I just okay, so Richard's statement is, you know, build it where there's twenty million people to support it, right? Yeah, um, and, you know, and one thing I it's, it's I don't know how to put this. Um, and but you've gotta have the type of crowd that would one of you. Yes, your, that's your, it. Your, I know. I'm right there with you. Your workers of Pennsylvania going to be the type that hang in bars and talk about the Steelers blowing, pissing their season away this year, or are they going to go to a Disney park if it was in Steel Town? It's, you know, it's Rust Belt blue collar kind of folk up there, right? And I'm and just what I'm trying to get to is when Walt Disney World was built. You certainly didn't have that 20 million people living with that. It no. was meant to be a destination. Yes, yes it was meant to be a destination. And the, and the whole purpose was to drag in the East Coast, down the coast, and especially our snowbirds coming down there, and to be able to get the uh, uh, Midwest, I'm not going to say flyover country, I'm going to say the Midwest folk on the uh, east side of the Rockies to come in in that direction, while the west side of the Rockies is going towards Disneyland. Now, Florida has built up quite a bit, especially in the last 20 years. But part of that is because you initially created this destination resort. Could Disney pull something like that off again anywhere on this continent? Okay. A destination resort. So it doesn't matter if there's enough people to to support it by visiting, but they have to have enough people to work at the place. Well, first of all, think you, so. have to, you have to have a place that people go to already as a destination. Florida was one of them. Um, Kansas isn't. Uh, parts of Colorado are, but it, again, it's a seasonal. It's more of a winter thing. Uh, now, those yeah, from Branson, Colorado... Missouri. I was going to say, that's what I was about to say, Branson. Those, those in um, Colorado may correct me, but I think of Colorado as a winter snow type. In a mountain section, yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, that is it, has all, it has all four seasons because it's a big, well, huge... I don't hiking, doubt... I think climbing area during the summer and a big skiing area during the winter. I don't doubt it has four seasons. That's not what I'm saying. But no, I'm it, saying it, you, have, you have a lot of people that go there. Not, it's not just seasonal. You have a lot of people that go there for different reasons throughout the year. Would you say you have as much as we go to Florida or to California? California? Yeah, that's I, the... It's, it's, it's very big on the... Uh, uh, 
Springs are very on the not so much Colorado Springs, but Boulder is very big on this scale of where to go, what to do. You know, summertime and and, and, and and who's list? You got to remember, every state claims it's, it's that like every, everybody wants to come to their place when they do their little travel. It's, it's, it's like the, it's it's like on AAA or something. Okay, like uh, yeah, people that go there for that kind of thing, uh, do you think they're going to take the break from their skiing and snowboarding or their mountain climbing, or whatever, to visit a Disney park? I guess if it's there, they might stop in, but I, I don't see. Well, you got to remember when. I found this article that talked about Walt Disney World and the locals. When the park was first built, people, the locals supposedly were driving by, thinking this is just an amusement park. It wasn't until Epcot Center was built that the locals thought, oh, I'm going to check this out. This is not an amusement park. You know, this is something different. And then they got, oh, I'm here. I might as well go check out the other park. And that's when the locals really started coming to the Magic Kingdom after Epcot was built. The tourists were already coming in, but not the locals. I could see that. Now, but, I'm going to jump over to something here because I found that thing I was telling you about, and I think this has got to be a rehash and um, joke mail going around that this person who posted it on, um, I'm on, what am I on? I'm on www.wdwmagic.com. Uh, a, a friend of mine just emailed this news release. I can't find collaboration info anywhere. Is it true? This is why I think it's, you know, someone's edited the Virginia press release. Plans unveiled for Disney's America near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Where do you see this? Uh, I'll put the link in our little chat window. There you go. Um, Belmar, New Jersey. The Walt Disney Company plans to create a unique and historically detailed environment celebrating the nation's richness of diversity, spirit, and innovation. Disney's America to be located east of Philadelphia in Belmar, New Jersey. It was announced today by Robert Iger, chairman and CEO of the company. In Disney's America, we will create a totally new concept using the different strengths of our entertainment company, our motion picture and television talent, our park imagineers, our interactive media and publishing executives, as well as our sports enterprise and education executives to celebrate those unique American qualities that has been part of our country's strengths and that have been made this nation the beacon of hope for people everywhere, Iger said. We will bring 80 years of entertainment experience, many of them creating the world's most original park to this project. Now, something right there. Didn't we celebrate 100 years of Disney somewhere, or was that just 100 years of Walt? Uh, that was a hundred years of Walt. Okay, are we at eighty years of the company then? Eighty years of entertainment. I'm trying to well, nineteen twenty-three. Yeah, I'm trying to look for those little things that makes this look like someone re-edited the Virginia one, put in all the Philly stuff, and start sending it around to you know pull people's middle leg. We would be at eighty-six years of the company. <laughs> pull people's middle leg. <laughs> uh, so it says the park will be located on a hundred twenty-acre site that the company has purchased or optioned in Belmar, uh, Camden County, New Jersey. So anybody in our audience generally from the area might say, you know, let us know if there's even 120-acre uh, site in that area. Because, you know, a lot of times you go find this, you know, this place is all developed. Um, you know, 120 acres, that sounds awfully light. Yeah, it's well, that's, that's DCA, right? 
But anyways, it goes in. Disney's America could open as early as 2011. Come on. Oh, bullshit. There'd have to be freaking ground broke already. The direct and indirect yeah. economic activity generated by this project, uh, $300 million in new tax revenues for New Jersey and Camden County. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So it goes on. And uh, see, Disney's America will be the company's third location for U.S. So I'm, again, looking for those little inconsistencies that would end up. The 2011 would obviously be one. But anyways... Um, okay, I know where Belmar is now that I looked at it. Okay, you looked y- at Belmar? Yeah. Uh, well, it's just south of Camden. Now, Camden's right across the bridge from... Uh, is that where the Missouri... Or the... Uh, New, New Jersey, uh, right? Says, okay, so that's the place in New Jersey I went by accident. Because I keep saying, I've never been to Jersey in purpose. Okay. Right? And do you, do you remember driving through Camden? How... Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Belmar looks doesn't look like there's a whole lot of space here. Uh, and I'm gonna flip on the satellite view and zoom in, and I see industrial freaking buildings here, and it's a bunch of little houses. Yeah, okay, and there's a big there's a big fat cemetery up. here. Uh, there's no way. There. There is no announcements whatsoever. It's bullshit. Oh, I think it's BS too, but I love these kind of things that get out because these kind of message boards suck it up and, uh, wow, really? Oh, my God. I mean, that would be awesome, but Camden, New Jersey, that place is a dump. Uh, let's see. Belmar was incorporated. Um, uh, class code P1 located in Camden County, latitude of 39.868 and longitude of 75.095. Elevation is 59 feet, appears to be on the geological survey map, blah, blah, blah. Population of 11,262 with 4,561 uh, 4, housing units, a land area of 3.3 square miles, a water area of 0.1 square miles, a population density of 3,715.51 people per square mile. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's all bullshit. We're going to call it Mouse Buster. We don't even have to recreate our own Mouse Buster there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this now too. Yeah, not well. There is a green belt there, a little south of where it puts me centered on the map. But still, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. But you know, it's like I, I believe you that it's not true. But remember, a lot of people think Disneyland is in L.A. It's just in south, of, it's south of the town, right? Yeah. Well, Disney World is not in Orlando, but isn't that what you usually think? Yeah, it's, it's near Orlando. Yeah, that's, uh, excuse me. That was the only ten, you know city known really in the central part of Florida to attack. <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna have to wrap this up because Richard, okay. I'm getting tired yeah, of Richard. I, yeah, that's, that's me. Not, not you personally. <laughs> you, sorry, your it's, it's your 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 artifacts that are coming across and your crappy. Yeah, yeah, it's really starting to get annoying. Now, what was this place in Missouri that you, you know, because I've been to Branson. Branson is the, it's the uh, Broadway of the Midwest or whatever. <laughs> there is such thing in Missouri? Uh, yeah, Branson, yeah. It's very big. It's, it's hugely popular. Remember, I've been to Missouri and I, I, I would never. It's in the south, to- it's in the southwest corner of the state. It's a tiny ass town. So south, uh, the southwest is like Springfield or is it, uh, you said east or? Yeah, yeah, no, it's like south of Springfield. Like due south of Springfield. Oh, I, th- I found it here. There's yeah, it's BFE. 
right next to a Hollister. So what's what's the big deal about Branson? A lot of uh, Broadway type show shit going on in here. A lot of music shows. That's where Dollywood is. Okay, come on, that's speaking for itself right there. Uh, Kenny Rogers has a place there. Dollywood's uh, here. Hip town, man. You're talking country stuff. Ozark Memorial Park. And it's, is it, is it's it Dollywood in Branson? I don't know. I should say I shouldn't make fun of a place I've never been. The places in Missouri, misery I've been to. Andy Williams is there. Or how big deal? Is northeast, uh, like up by Hannibal and, and that area. Right? My, yeah, but, my mom was born in Kansas City. I always forget if it's. I think she was born in Kansas City, Kansas. But my grandmother was actually from Macon, uh, Macon County. It's up in the more northeast area. Uh, pretty rural, literally, you know, walk through the snow to and from school up and down the hill. You know, Both ways, yeah. <laughs> typical story. I, I've been there. There's one one schoolhouse. It's not used anymore, but they all went to school in one schoolhouse, and pretty much they spent the day in the farm doing all their, you know, farm shit. And, uh, you know, big families of 12 and 13, so they can all work the farm. But That's how you uh, survive. Uh, you know, when I, the first day when I arrived and I saw a tree split in half by lightning, and then the uh, later in that day the uh, twister came through town, I thought this is fucked up. <laughs> why, why, do people, why do people live like this? Get me out. But then they, they're scared to death of earthquakes. You know, they, they've seen the movie, so they assume that every time there's an earthquake, you know, every building's. Oh, yeah. And I get those calls, you know, all the time from people not tell, are you okay? Or they heard tsunami warnings. Are you still there? Well, I, I, I told you about when uh, we had that uh, nice little four, upper four in at Disneyland in the afternoon. And, uh, People are telling me, well, we're being told that you're evacuating the park. No, no, we're just checking a couple things out and everything goes normal. But my cousin over in Nebraska is telling me they're evacuating the park. No, we're not evacuating the park, I'm telling you. But my cousin in Nebraska, your cousin's in Nebraska, and I'm telling you right now, we're not evacuating the park. Your cousin in Nebraska is wrong. You know, so I've never noticed this before. I, you know, you have those, like, puzzle maps and all that of Missouri. Down at the, uh, if you look to where the 55 goes south out of Missouri into uh, Arkansas, there's this little, like, weird chunk of land where you'd think, you know, the, the bottom of the state would just go straight across. And it's by um, Union City. and Yes. Well, you got this one weird little piece that jets down into Arkansas. I think it follows a river on one side. It, it does. And follows uh, some sort of geographic thing on the other side. But just, why? Just, yeah, yeah, why there? Yeah, it, it just seems, seems seems odd. Now, there's a state, Arkansas. I've been through it. Like, you know, the whole the whole joke about, you know, missing teeth and, and all that. I mean, I experienced <laughs> it firsthand. I'm sure not all Arkansas is like that. Uh, they did deliver us a president of sorts in the recent history. But uh, weird, uh, interesting place when I drove through it and stopped at the, you know, stop and go and well, what did I hear? A, a new term. I, I never heard it. Like, uh, uh, not stop and rip off, but uh, stop, and, stop and rob. The local stop and rob. <laughs> I thought, that's good. I got to remember that. The local stop and rob. Stop and rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I, I kind of agree with Richard. If you were going to put it, maybe, you know, you'd have to go somewhere like Texas where you got a bigger population. But, man, the freaking heat. And, well, I, I was... I, Wait a I, second, you can't complain about the heat. You're the one who always tells us, oh, the heat's okay in Florida. Have you been to, you know, like Waco or San Antonio, 
Uh, I'm sorry, it makes Florida, Florida yes. look like a yes, garden spot, you know. What? Um, I'm serious. When we were in Waco, Richard's been there, you know, the same time I was. It sounds like he's been in Texas, Texas other times uh, without me. I mean, we were in I dorms that had... Texas. Of course I have. Yeah, exactly. We, um, the dorms we were in at, at Baylor University did not have air conditioning. You get up and you take a shower. Once you got done toweling yourself out, off, you needed another shower. <laughs> it was... Unfreaking! And Florida's just like that. Florida's like close. Uh, uh, ninety-nine close. and ninety-nine. You, you, and you, you know. And Houston is even well. Uh, quite. I was. I was talking to this guy I visited with. I asked him if all the refugees had left yet. And you know, Houston is just hating um, Louisianians. Yeah, yeah, because they freaking moved out and stayed. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like illegal aliens now in Houston. They're they're kind of getting their grip. Government gave us a trailer out here. We're just going to stay right here. Oh, I still can't believe that. When I drove across the country, I, I think I've told this story before. We got behind trailers that were on their their way to wherever for people. They said FEMA across them, and they were you know not even a double wide. They were single wides, and uh, FEMA trailer. I you know never seen something like that in my life. Uh, so yeah, that was odd. I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I if, don't know where you could find Richard. Oklahoma City, I've been there. Well, you know, other than, you know, blowing up a, uh, a federal building there, there's nothing that would, it's not a big enough place to draw people. It's a cool little town. It's got this little, like, I think they call it the Brick District or something. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, the San Antonio uh, downtown area of the water. I don't think, I'm not sure if it's got a lot of water like that, but. Well, I, I, you know. I, I have to agree pretty much with what you guys were saying about not being able to do it. For one thing, unless it was something like it was at Disney's America, and in, of course in Virginia you have a huge amount of Americana and uh, American history, uh, so that would be the perfect, still the perfect spot for it. See, I don't uh, know. I, that's one where I'd love to see a park like that, but I don't think you. It's it's like putting Disney's California Adventure in California. I was, I've been thinking this the whole time. That's, that's, Put that kind of history in the middle of that history. That's that's, that's a good point as well. Or, oh, what they say. Yeah. There you go. Ch- turn DCA into Disney's Americana, and then go put DCA so, somewhere else. It's funny you should say that. And I hate to mention where I saw this, but someone had made a post that they had read over. I think it was on Rat Chat, where um, or mice crap, where they had kind of gone down the list of how you could turn California Adventure into. Disney's America, and quite frankly, a lot of the attractions were ripped off from Disney's America. The River Run was, I think, Davy Crockett's River Run. The the whole um, uh, Condor Flats was ripped off from whatever theirs was called. And you can just go down. Even, even the uh, California Screamin' was ripped off from a roller coaster they had. Uh, so you you could easily turn it into one or two things: a studio, you know, like a Disney MGM type studio or Disney's Hollywood studio, easily could be converted into that. Or the Disney's America. Both of those make sense. But to stick all that Americana, it, 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 the only other thing I could see Disney do is possibly investing in protecting the history of the East on the East Coast by providing some attractions in those areas to keep people coming into them. You know. Well, that's what I was thinking of. Is I didn't I didn't know. Uh, 
Disney's America was designed very similar to a California Adventure. Well, I'm not picturing- the park necessary, but some, if you if you have a chance, and don't do it now because your bandwidth sucks. But yeah, no shame. It's, it's it's just we're, we're stating the obvious. It's it's not bashing you. It's just the obvious. It's true. Go look at the pictures of some of the areas, and you'll see the river ride. You'll see the the aviation yeah. area. Well, I, I've I've seen I've seen them. It's just it never clicked with me. Oh, I got you. I got you. But um, then we did a show about this. Maybe yes, we have. Maybe maybe he wasn't. Maybe you weren't part of the group yet. But see, I can picture I can picture. Uh, a park that would be part of like the National Park Service, but more of a Disneyfied, where you have a little bit more interactive. It's not just something you go read; it's something you can actually go out, see, touch, feel, uh, have a audiovisual presentation. See, I, 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 w- I was thinking like, okay, we we all know that um, Bear Country Jamboree was originally designed for the Mineral King Park. And it was going to be one of a few things to entertain guests at night when they can't ski, things like that. Um, that's kind of what I'm talking about. A standalone, yeah. let's say you're in Philly, right? A lot of, I was surprised and not as impressed with, as, with Philly as I was with Boston. Um, a lot of the history's gone. Yes, there's still some old areas, but, you know, you've got the Independence Hall and then there's skyscrapers right around. It's just, it, some of it's, um, um, not immersiveness, but, uh, um, what do we call the intimacy? That's what we call Disneyland. Right? Disneyland's intimate compared to the Magic Kingdom. Some of the intimacy that I felt in Boston, especially the, the north end of Boston, wasn't felt to me as much in, in Philadelphia. Felt like just another big city, too. Kind of. Though there was an area that you know was more historic. There was just so much activity in the downtown area that just didn't feel you know like as historic. But if you could enhance uh, that area, let's say... I don't want to say you put it in the Hall of Presidents at Independence Hall, but if, you know, in some way of helping preserve the history, if they could put in some some kind of things that would draw you in and be, like you said, disney a little bit, that maybe entertains the kids a little more. Uh, well, you, you hit the nail on the head. Mineral King, if Disney went out and did something like that, built another area or developed another area that wasn't, quote-unquote, a theme park, but had an area that had some theme park attributes that was like a, like a DVC on steroids. Exactly, uh-huh. I can picture something like that. But I think in my, in what I was thinking during the whole time is, if we were to try to build another destination resort, regardless of wherever it got built inside the North American continent. Uh, all right, seriously. I see. I think I'd rather see one south of the equator. Um, you know, is there any? Could South America support uh, a Disney park? Would it want a Disney park? I think it could if you did something like Brazil. But there, there are so many. How should we say sketchy governments south of the border? <laughs> yeah, that's that, right. That would be that would be one way of saying it. And what is it? I was. I think isn't it between the borders of Brazil and Colombia? It's getting a little testy. Uh, no, but it's getting. I mean, it's building up. They they are let's say raising their army, or one one side's already accusing the other side of um, being a protagonist in a possible conflict that could happen very soon. I mean, this isn't. I'm not talking old time stuff. I'm talking real time could happen uh, soon type of stuff. Oh yeah, they're they're always rattling. Sabers. I know they're always Richard. I get the no, history I'm, part. No, it's serious now. 
it's real, real serious. I could happen within days, months. It's, it's not, don't, you know. Are either one of them a nuclear power? It doesn't matter. What would it do to that region? Um, make it unstable. I mean, Bolivia has a revolution every one and a half years. Yeah, this is this is. And Bolivia spills over. It's Bolivia spills over into Colombia and to Brazil. This is bigger than a little spillover. I mean, what I've been reading on a few sites, it's, it's scary stuff where you wouldn't, uh, you you know, you wouldn't want to be anywhere close to, to what's going to you know rain down in in that area. But anyways, I'm not going to get into that kind of political a, mumbo jumbo here. A, a good reason not to build a Disney park. Yeah, yeah, that that would be well. You know, I would put it in Rio de uh, de Janeiro, but I know sooner or later the bugs will kill it, so we can't do that. The bugs. Yeah, reference. Oh, it's a movie reference. (laughs) And the Falklands, we know we know what happened there, so we won't go there. That wasn't Rio de Janeiro. Wasn't it real? No, uh, the movie might have been, but the book was Buenos Aires. Oh, oh, you're you're. Oh, jeez. You're right. I'm sorry. I was totally, totally off. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think the movie was. Well, maybe it was real. It was real. You're right. It was real. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't want that. Uh, <laughs> and I can't think. You know, we've talked about this before. Where else could you build one? Uh, I'd love to see one in, in Aussie land because I'd like, I'd like an excuse to go down there. I don't think anywhere in Africa is even remotely uh, worth talking about. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, the Middle East is, I think, off the map. Asia, we've already got two. I don't think you could do another one there. Well, they're talking or about third. the third in Shanghai. And China, well, you know, half the world's population is in that town. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the billion screaming Chinamen? <laughs> could you have another one in Europe? Uh, oh, you, 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 you have that winter issue thing in a lot of Europe, again. See, let's, I, let's, let's go for Italy or maybe somewhere around the Aegean. I see Italy. I think you might have some of that, you know, history problems. Where do you put it without destroying some really old shit? Um, well, that goes to say with everything in Europe. Yeah, but you know, like in France, they found a lot of old winery or you know, open land they could steal from the locals uh, from the government, so they could. <laughs> um, I still like the idea of Madrid, but you know, its economy wasn't doing as well as France. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Madrid. Do you think it was Barcelona? No, I think you're right. I think it was Madrid. I'm, I'm confusing Madrid and the Olympics. That's all right. Um, uh, Northern Ireland's always a fun place. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being I silly. Yeah, because it's, at this point, I don't see where else you really. Um, yeah, I know they're going to do the Shanghai one. I, you know, even Australia. I don't know that they they have a universal. I think don't they? And they they have another. I forgot what the other Warner ones, Brothers, a so. Warner Brother ones. Could they support a Disney one? I don't know. Maybe it would help. You know, there's always that that possibility that whatever they do draws people in, like Richard saying, make it a destination uh, to where they didn't before. And we sure know the Aussies love to travel and come over here and enjoy Disney quite a bit. Actually, I don't think the Aussies really need an excuse to travel. Everywhere Richard and I go, we bump into somebody from Australia. I mean, no shit, Sherlock. We're standing in Vegas. We hear this accent. Next oh. the guy strikes up a conversation with us. You know, no matter where we go, we bump well, into an Aussie. It, it could also be that the Aussies are just extremely friendly and they just like having conversations while the rest of the people, rest of, you know, rest of Americans, we tend to keep to ourselves. 
Well, yeah, but okay, if you hear if you hear a southern accent, are you going to run up? Oh my God, are you from you're from Savannah? No, but you hear an Aussie accent. <laughs> cool, cranky, you know. <laughs> I don't know. They but they they do seem to travel. I mean, John's on a big trip right now. Um, bastard. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But uh, I don't. I you know. I guess you could build one in Colorado. Sure, knock yourself out. Could it be done? Yes. Uh, would it support it? I don't know. That that's my opinion. And I my I have the winter issues. I I will stick to that. I I do have the winter issues. Um, I think lots are, of people have the winter issues. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go in the winter, though I'd love to see, like the parks I mentioned, I'd love to see them in the snow, but I would avoid, actually, it's a thing I'd like to see, but I wouldn't plan a whole vacation around the parks in the winter, because I just think it'd be miserable to, you know, be all bundled up in, you know, that cold of weather. Um, I mean, we almost ran into that in Florida. Remember that one mouse fest we were at, and even the Canadian goes, you know, it's, it's kind of cold. <laughs> it could be warmer, was what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, uh, you, you can run into that. We have a lot of open land in the middle of the country. You know, Albuquerque, Amarillo, you know, the whole routes of Route 66 crap. I mean, there's a lot of open land, but the thing is, you have, I really think you need that local population to support, unless Disney wants to operate a seasonal park, which I don't think they want to do. No, no that. You know, they got away from the two days closed at Disneyland a long time ago. I don't think we're ever going to see that back, but you know, Think about that. The whole furlough Friday thing. What if Disney went back and uh, instead of cutting back, let's say, like you were saying, one side of uh, the roller coaster. What if they just closed two days a week and everything was always fully staffed because they saved the money by doing closing and doing some maintenance like they used to do two days a week? You know, I was talking about that during summer or right at the end of the summer with a couple friends at work. And they're you know, you talk to cast members around Disneyland today, and they go, "Closed? Yeah, it needs to close two days a week." Um, I just can't picture that happening anymore. Uh, one of the big reasons why we stopped doing that, why we stayed open, was uh, we started, or I should say, not we, corporate started getting complaints that they were kind of. Are you still complaining about my band? No, now I hear something in the background. No, that was me. Sorry. That's all right. Stupid um, freaking website. Oh, we, you clicked into something automatically, you get this lazy noise, right? Uh, but corporate was getting complaints that people were coming out here to go to Disneyland, only to find Disneyland was closed. Okay, and should we say dumb shit? You know, why don't you? Now, I made that dumb shit move when I went to Florida, and I expected them to be open later. Okay, that's one thing. They were open. I knew that because uh, I, I checked. Who drives or flies without yeah? Checking the friggin' hours, you know. <laughs> that's I mean I'm freaked I, out that once I put in my hotel reservations, then I'll find out my flight's full, or if I get my flight before the hotel, then I can't get the hotel the night I want. I mean I'm all over that like on the same day sometimes because I'm always worried. Who doesn't think of those kind of things? I mean I I don't know. Well, I obviously a lot of dumbass people. I ask that a lot of times on people that just some things are taking up now. Um, I mean, you get people that come in and say, well, I didn't know the park closed at 8 o'clock. When did you guys do that? Well, it's been published on well, online and find that out for a year. <laughs> like those phone calls we get from the little old lady. 
these damn fireworks. <laughs> these guys start doing these damn fireworks. I've been living here for 40 years and I've never heard these fireworks. Oh, really, ma'am? Yes, we've been doing them for but, 45. Thank you. But, yeah, one of, my, <laughs> one of my favorite things is opening the park in the morning and you're telling people, hey, it's time to leave. You know, you, the people that drive, have vehicles. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they, <laughs> and it's time to leave. Okay, I can understand, like, this weekend, we're going to be going to an 8 o'clock opening, which means the magic morning start at 7, which means you got to get out of there at 6. Those I can understand. But, like, last week, or actually two weeks ago, when the park was opening up at 10 in the morning, and you go out there, well, when did you start doing this? Let's see, 1955? Yeah. Uh, is it, is it, uh, well, you know, it's always that thing here. All you have to do is get your vehicle off stage. You can continue to do whatever dumb shit you're doing you're doing. Just get the damn car. So I always love the ones that left in there. And we just drive them off. Nice. Wherever. Is it, they're supposed to leave the keys. Um, and we just go dump them somewhere. Where's my car? <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know. it's over there somewhere, maybe backstage. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, those were all well, fine. Okay, I'll, I'll, t- Mike, I'll give you what security used to do way back when, they would take the car and they would park it all the way out in what was the uh, W section, which was right there at the corner of Catella and what's now Disneyland Drive. And they'd tell the people, yeah, the car's out there in the middle of the parking lot out there in the far corner by uh, Catella. So the guy would go all the way out there and what they wouldn't tell him, and the guy would find out when he gets out there, there's a note on the windshield, uh, come back to security and pick up your key. Uh, the car would be locked. Nice. <laughs> so so they come back all the way to security to get the keys. I never bothered with that because I didn't have time clearing them. No, that, that was a long time ago. Just wanted to get them off the off the stage. But yeah, that's that. You know that you're right, Richard. But people who even work there, well, when they change the park hours. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I pull out. You, you guys remember the old cast reference guy? Pull out the. It's published here, people. The only people you could give a break is when you had contractors and who didn't know. You know, they, exactly. They, their, pe- their people didn't tell them. Their handlers didn't didn't make it clear. But that, that's that's another thing. I have contractors that know more of what the schedule is. <laughs> I believe. Anyway. Well, I know one contractor that you guys use all the time. That's a pretty sharp crew. Yeah, I was oh, talking. Yeah. I know who you're talking uh, about. Yeah, they do, they do all kinds of little projects all over. They're they're all on top of it. Well, that, that's the thing is they have a very uh, sweet contract. They know they have a very sweet contract. They're not about to do anything to mess that up. Yeah, they're they're a good group of people. In fact, I, I got the uh, main foreman. Uh, if I have a problem with anybody, I just give him a call. Who is it? I'll get him out of there right now. Boom. And I mean, a minute later, the guy can turn in. Sorry, sorry. That's it. <laughs> they don't put you yeah, right. And he's told me sometimes they, they don't put up the book crap because the guys have an easy, you know, cushy thing going there. They know that they better not screw it up because there are people waiting in line to get on that shift. All right. Well, I think we killed this sort of something. Yeah, we're kind of all over the place. Is that the only thing he asked was... um, Yeah, his show idea was... uh, I jumped off of it. Where are you? Show idea. Show idea. Show... Oh, here it is. This move from San Diego to Denver. uh, Would not consider Denver flyover country. Oh, back to back to back to my show idea. The weather out here is during the nice. Currently trying to freeze. <laughs> uh, I know there's been show before having to do with putting a park in the Midwest, so I thought, why not revisit it? Seems like something you guys could think about. Out of course, though, in the half of Colorado, generally the weather out here is much better than the other areas of the Midwest. 
I was going to say, I that think I, you, ever, you ever watched that show on History Channel called The States? No. Yeah. yeah. It's a good show. You should check it out. They'll do like five states per show. And um, Edward, is it Edward Herman? Is that his name? Edward Herman. Yes. Yeah, that does the uh, voiceover. And I want to say they did Colorado once, and I was surprised by how much of Colorado actually never sees snow. You know, yeah. All, yeah. And same thing, they were talking about Utah one day. You know, of course, they, they Osmonds, you know, a couple of the Osmonds talk. Um, they were actually pretty funny because they were kind of making some, you know, jokes at the whole, you know, Mormon thing and a bunch of wives, and, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. But um, a few of the states have surprised me of what they, they have. Because, you know, we study it in school. We maybe fly over it, drive through it occasionally. But uh, if you don't get out there and see these things, I, I'm surprised. But some of these states like Utah and Colorado, people don't go for the kind of things that I don't think an amusement park would draw you to. You know, they're hiking, outdoor people. And from what I've experienced, those aren't the people that usually want to hang in theme parks. Um, no, they're not. And we had a friend that we were in the service with, and they went back to misery. And um, they got divorced, but the wife and the kid came out to visit us quite a few years ago. So wife and kid go to Disneyland. They leave by noon. They are totally bored to tears. I'm like, I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> what is wrong with you people? But we took them down to Dana Point and the tide pools and all that. And, you know, I kind of bonded with the kid and all that. And we get a, a letter how much fun they had, or the kid had especially, at the beach and hanging with me in the tide pools and the whole Dana Point bullshit, and I'm like, you know, of course, I take it for granted, right? I live by the beach. It's not a big deal. You live in landlocked country where you only see crawdads and a creek or, you know, Ocean's a big deal, yeah. Uh, ocean's a big deal, but totally not amusement park people. I was going to say, the people that are born at Disneyland, let me guess, when they go fishing, they call, that's a good, enjoying recreation. That's <laughs> our good redneck day. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't say that all Missourians are like that, because I know Wedway Radio, uh, one of them, I think I think just one of the two brothers, is in uh, misery. Uh, and, of course, one of our big friends is from Nebraska, you know, of all places. He loves Disney. So, you know, a lot of the Midwest folk are down-to-earth folk that, you know, like the parks. But, um, you know, I always thought building something in Disney's kind of adopted hometown would be kind of interesting. But, you know, it's it's way out in the middle of nowhere. There's not really much there, right? They Marceline. Do, they do the, you know, an, was it animation things once a year, and, you know, but you, could you really support much more than that? Uh, no. I mean, the Northeast has a ton of people, right? They do, Those Disney meets are very popular, whatever they call it, magic meets, whatever they do, but could you support a park? I mean, there are, I mean, you live in the, the upper Northeast, Mike. I mean, but, I, I, you know, there's Hershey Park, right? But is it open... Uh, it opens in the winter for Christmas time stuff, uh-huh. but I worked at a little tiny amusement park that uh, we did in April. It'd be open in the weekends, and the weekends only starting in April. See, that kind of sounds like Magic Mountain here. Remember Magic yeah. Mountain? It's closed. Magic Mountain is open every weekend. I don't think it's ever closed on the weekend year round. Right, but, okay. yeah, but it's not open during the week. But but this place, this place I worked seriously April first. It wouldn't. It would not open before April first, and then weekends only. Aren't there a few? I think we've had this discussion with some write-ins about some Cedar Fairs and Six Flags across, uh, let's say, part of the the northern part of the country that do that. They open, they close. Uh, mm-hmm. They're seasonal. 
so I, I, you know, like, Disney's so much different that they could, you know, let's say go to Albany and build an amusement park outside of Albany and get people to come there no matter what the weather's like. I, you know. How often do we hear about, you know, New York being snowed in or nobody's flying out of Boston? To pe- people in that area tend to equate outdoor activity in the winter with outdoor activity kind of stuff, like, you know, skiing and skating and that mean, kind of thing. Like the old dudes sitting on ice cutting holes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, seriously, if, 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 no one thinks about, you know, no one wishes, oh, gee, I wish there was a theme park open right now. Well, I can tell you, my, my family that we still have in Missouri that we rarely talk to, and those in South Dakota, which I do talk to sometimes, my, my grand uncle, when he comes out here, it's to visit family. It's not to go to amusement parks. When he was younger and working, he never came out here. Um, a lot of these, you know, you get to some of these areas that are a little more rural or small towns. They hate places like California, not because of the people. Because of the congestion and the traffic. Too many, too many swings. Too many people. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm always hearing. Too many people. Um, you know, of course, that's not, you know, it's anecdotal, but um, I don't know. You know, we have friends in Ohio. You know, I think they're in, the, you know, the, the bike rider who needs the beep in the middle of the show. You know, <laughs> could Ohio support uh uh, theme park? I don't know. You say, I, I, part of it is, you know, we're at somewhat of a disadvantage. You, Mike, have lived somewhere else in this country. I've only lived somewhere else in the Air Force. That was up north. Um, Richard is still always, within California. Frame yeah, of reference. Richard's always... It's all about frame of yeah. reference, yeah. Yeah. Richard's lived in Southern California his whole life, never lived anywhere else. Visited. You know, we've all visited places, but haven't lived enough to know what people do. You know, here... I gotta say, I know a lot of people with annual passes. I was surprised to find out, okay, you know, a lot of my daughter's friends have them. You know, it's a cool thing to do now to hang out in the park. Uh, some of my wife's friends are starting to buy them. They'll go out to the park sometimes. And people who I never thought would have one have one. My, my wife always said the people that live in these other places just don't know, just don't know any better. I guess so. <laughs> They have and no there, idea. And there's a lot of closet AP holders that wouldn't. You'll never tell you they have one until it kind of comes up in conversation. And why? Well, What's the purpose behind that? I, I think I think some there are a certain generational age thing that some people still look at it as not a cool thing, and it's like you know you don't want to say Disney. That's kid stuff. I think there's still people who kind of have that mentality. Yeah, but that's that's what I was kind of trying to get drive towards when I was questioning you: is could Disney? create the atmosphere wherever they decide to build it in the middle of the country. I don't know. They tried to do it in Virginia, and it just got, you know, they got bitch slapped. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like I I said, I'm going to hold to my opinion that I think we would start competing against ourselves. Anything that that new park would get would start detracting from. You know, I think that's the point right there, Richard, is that it's not, it, it would not add a significant enough Number of Disney guests that wouldn't that wouldn't already be going somewhere else without taking away from there. You know what I'm saying? That goes back to my somewhat purist attitude about the two places we already have. Oh, why not spend the money to enrich those? Though yeah. again, to someone who lives in its backyard, that's self-serving. Right? Sure, but to the guy in Colorado who would like to have it in his backyard, but yeah, does it? But does it make sense for Disney to build? You know how much? Five hundred million dollars, right, to build a park 
and that the net gain of new Disney visitors for the year is a million. Well, the, the, the other thought is... If but the number of people that visit Disneyland goes down by three million. You know? yeah, the other thought is, let's say what, what Richard's going on, we go to Bangor, Maine. And, you know, we establish uh, a Disney park in Bangor, Maine. We make a DVCs around it. We, we, hey, we're drawing people there. Does it balance out the, you know, draw people away from Disneyland so it's not so freaking crowded? Does it draw people away from uh, Walt Disney World so the Magic Kingdom, you can actually walk in Tomorrowland on a summer day or uh, uh, spring break? Would it change or would it just draw people who don't go because there's a new opportunity closer to them and they can afford to drive up to Bangor but they can't afford the plane flight down to Florida you know what I'm saying so yes I understand what you're saying maybe it doesn't help the other parks it just creates you know another hey Flint needs help right Flint Michigan's a shithole <laughs> can you imagine turning an old, a, a shut down automobile factory into a theme park yeah they called it the Mall of America <laughs> I don't Mall of America is purpose-built place. I'm talking about rolling into, you know, some rust-built place in Detroit. Yeah, the the amusement park that's built inside a big, big building. I gotta say, my shithole comment comes from, I was watching this morning after I dropped my kid off from school and I was waiting to go to my my, uh, boring one-stop center meeting today for jobs. One of those things where you have to go to this before you can go to other things. You really need, like, you know, enhancing your resume, transferring your skills. They make you go through these steps, you know, like kindergarten. Um, so, you know, you play the game. But anyway, I'm sitting there watching um, that basketball movie with Will Ferrell. That's uh, <laughs> semi-pro. Semi-pro, and they're in Flint. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I watched this thing the other day about the, what's the, what, uh, what's, what's the, uh, Roger and me, what's that idiot, idiot's name? Um, uh the director uh, Michael Michael Moore, Michael Moore. Michael, yeah. Michael Moore. And this guy did a movie, a documentary on Michael Moore, and you know he says he's from I think Flint, which is a really depressed place. They talk to some people, you know, who're sitting in their windows and we really need to work here, you know, and stuff like that. He's not even from Flint. It's like it's like um, Clinton saying he was from Hope, uh, Arkansas. He wasn't. You know, it, it, those little things that make it sound so much better, man. From Hope. You know, uh, Michael Moore's down with the people and the struggle because he's from Flint. He's not. You know. So, anyways, you know, Flint looks like it needs some help. But, again, it's, that's a weather issue, right? You're right between all those Great Lakes, and that seems like a cold region. And, again, the local population probably wouldn't be able to afford to go there. I can't, I can't imagine that we're the only people thinking about this that, you know. Hey, I, how about Kalamazoo? Does that sound like that? Great place at a Disney park, Kalamazoo. Sure. Sure, why not? You know, we already got people complaining. Um, a guy I know, we talked about quickly, and then I know, Mike, you want to go. Enhancing, let's say, historic areas already. It just ha- happened to make me think about a guy that I worked with who used to um, live in South Dakota near the, uh, God, I hope I don't screw this up because this will be embarrassing, where the, um, uh, the granite carving. Mount Rushmore. Thank you, Mount Rushmore. And at some point when he was there, they built a new visitor center. And in his opinion, it just raped and pillaged the whole experience. 
because it blocks the view. Um, it's just terrible. But, you know, they had to have this great new visitor center. It didn't, according to him, enhance the experience. It took away. So, you know, you have to watch, you know, where's the that thin line between enhancing histo history, preserving it, and making it attractive for people to come. Because even like some of the California missions now, they, they don't, they're not really restoring, they're kind of maintaining. Because the restore changes, right? Correct. Right. Some people want to see it the way it is dilapidated. Some people like to see it recreated in the same materials that the original. You know, so you got all these issues of uh, uh, saving history. Oh, okay. You know, just some thoughts. So what do okay. we have? What do we have on the horizons coming? When will this show? Will this show go up before Christmas? Yeah, probably. Huh. Well, in that case, we should wish everybody a very merry. Christmas. Well, that's that was kind of my point. And will we will we be seeing them again before the new year? See, see what they give up for the new year. Well, will will we have another show? Will our silky voices be you know coming across our iPods before the end of the year? Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Because you are not available to record next week. Correct. So, and if you're behind getting shows out, and this one's probably going to go out before Christmas, that means the one that would follow this, you're not going to be here, which means Richard might crap out and not record either and say, that screw, you know, screw this, he's not here. Well, you know, excuse me. is, uh, you know. Oh, excuse uh, You know, the 29th. So, but then again, maybe we should go, you know, record a live show in the park. That would be a good idea. People love the videotape it too. Uh, no, that because they'll never get it. <laughs> <laughs> that always seems Thanks to be the problem, right? Well, you have some priorities right now. You told me what you were editing, so you know. Yes, I, and, I, and I actually have a paying gig right now yeah. that I got to get done. Yeah, so those those kind of things take precedence. I understand. Shy of a terabyte, I ran out of room. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I, yeah, that, I, that, I gotta go get another hard drive because I ran out of room. That that's happening to me here, and uh, I have no resources to, you know, go get another one. Yeah. Oh, oh I'll my I've got that big. I've got that big terabyte NAS, and it's about full. But then I, I came across a one of my books that I got the old lady to do backups when I first got her her Mac or maybe when I she had the other laptop that crapped out. She couldn't figure out how to use it. I said, all you get to do is push that button automatically. You know, it's just too much. <laughs> so, anyways, it's been sitting on the shelf so I, you know, I there was 320 gigabytes that I, oh wow, great, so I'll transfer Suck stuff it up right away. Okay. And, yeah, oh yeah, that, that stuff goes quick and then you want to make sure you haven't doubled anything up and so I'm kind of going through files, but anyways, you know, I was, I was surprised at some good prices on some NAS devices. I don't think Richard's going to go out and just buy another hard drive. He might want to ask you or me before he just buys a hard drive because for what he's doing, he might want to look at a different type of device. Yeah, I was looking at one of those because uh, that way you can centralize and put a lot of documents on the computers there too. Well, you have your other thing, you know, if you have a NAS or a Drovo or something like that, you have a drive fail, you can you know, hot swap a drive so you don't lose things and, you know, Set up uh, a raid. You know, there's uh, some reasons why. You know, 
That's too. That's over. That's over engineering overkill for. I don't. You know, it, it depends on how important your data is. True. And if you don't run backups all the time, and I went, you know, I went to look, you know, with Rush and a whole bunch of other people advertise that. Um, I got what it's called. It's an automatic backup of your system, and it's like I don't know, thirty bucks a year, sixty bucks a year. It's not very much. It goes online. Goes up. It goes on the internet. Right? Yeah, unlimited yeah. storage. In there only from your computer, not any attached drives. Currently, they don't have a a um, let's say a plan for network storage or attached drive. So, if anything that's on your laptop or your desktop, unlimited. So, if you got a huge drive in it, you're cool, but not for attached. I'm like I'm looking at my computer right now. I got one, two, three, four, four attached USB or or uh, Firewire drives. Plus, I got the the big NAS out in the other room. It's got four drives in it to make a terabyte of a RAID five system. Too much uh, junk. Got uh, too much look, junk. Your photographs are almost thirty two megs each. Yeah. You, know, you know, you got video. You've got you know, it takes up space. I don't delete our old shows, you know, and uh, or my old shows. They could be archived on this, you know, some DVDs or something. Uh, it's about time for me to do that too. It, it takes time. You know that that's actually. It just takes time to do it. And who's, and who's to say that DVD optical data storage will still be well, a viable yeah. thing in 10 years or whatever? Well, have you ever taken out an old CD that won't read anymore? No. Really? See, I've had that issue. Um, now, sometimes I care, you know, was using a CD in the car, playing it, and then it's not reading anymore. I look at it. It's got, you know, it's a cheap one. It's scratched up. Um, labels peeling off of it. I find some of the cheap drives... You're not really, I don't think you were encoding on a Mylar piece between two plastic pieces. It was actually, you know, like seen through to the label. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why some of the cheaper ones don't well, work as so, well. Well, so, so, Mike, I think we talked about that. Some of the old older CDs, it wasn't Mylar. You were using ink, and the laser was changing the property of the ink. And as the ink, uh, pigmentation, whatever, on the ink inside what? the uh, plastic. That's what I was being told by one of the guys. No, no, seriously. Okay, that's possible. I don't know. That's the first I've heard of it. One of of the techs at Disneyland was explaining this on why we weren't going to uh, CDs on a couple things was because uh, what to look out for. He said, don't go for the cheap ones because they use an ink in there. And you're, instead of actually etching into the mylar, you're uh, changing the properties of the ink. And over time, the properties of the ink... uh, you know, and you start losing the sound. I think I know where you're going because I, I saw something on you know, History of Discovery, something about how CDs and Blu-ray and how they encode, and one of them, one of them actually etches one of the other. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's exactly what you're saying, but it, it has to do with you know a physical thing that happens versus a, a you know a non-etch versus an etch. I, I know what you mean, Richard. I don't know. If you're explaining it quite right, but I think I'm following you and. I think yeah. I saw that on, um, you know, like things of the '80s when the you know, CDs first came out and how they worked and how the technologies changed. Um, but I get your point because I think I really do think because on these cheap CDs, when the label got scratched, then that was it. Would, yeah, wouldn't read. yeah. So there that wasn't, was it. It wasn't protected between the plastic like a good CD. That's not where the mylar was, right? It was on the label. Um, so, but anyway, uh, so this week in technology right? brought to you by. Yeah, so how many? You know, I was going to say with that technical update. How many old backup tapes do I have that I don't even have a device to read it? You know, 
you can find places that specialize in that kind of BS, but now, now it's trash. Yeah, really. It, I, I look at it as if I haven't looked at it by now, I don't need it. That's I was right. cleaning out a storage room at work today. I had to pull out some stuff, and I came across some five and a quarter inch floppies. <laughs> hey, as long as you don't have those big platter ones, or those big huge ones. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this week in technology, brought to you yeah. by Twit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so for the, with right. that, I'm going to say Merry Christmas, everybody, and we will catch you in the new year. That's Very a good. that's a good sign off, Richard. Yeah. I'm going to say the English way: Happy Christmas. <laughs> all right. Merry Christmas and good night. Yeah. See you.
Now it was long ago when it all began Back in Bethlehem in a promised land A single star appeared in the sky And three kings saw and they east as wide East as wide And they checked the books full of prophecy And the one king said why it's plain to me You see it means that a king is born Who saved mankind on this blessed morn Blessed morn So they packed some gold, myrrh and frankincense On some old camels with some fancy tents Closed down the house, set the servants free And three kings rode into history 